Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Suckers! No, not you. Don't insult your audience calling them suckers. Talking about the socialists. Or the people who claim to be socialists and the people who claim to want socialism despite not wanting socialism because they practice capitalism by saying they want socialism. Suckers! Again! This story of this BLM activist and her love affair with capitalism while loudly claiming she's some kind of a Marxist is getting more hilarious by the day. I've got that. Also a really astonishingly good piece I found on social media from unheard.com about exactly why science got corrupted for the lab leak theory. It's, it's probably going to surprise you at the end, the extent these people went to hide uh, to expose, um, you know, to fail to expose Chinese propaganda is probably a better way to say it. You have a right to privacy. Defend it. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it today. I've got that. I've also got Deep Thoughts with Thomas Sowell. We've gone a few weeks without a Thomas Sowell segment on socialism. It's a darn shame because we'd all be better for it. As I said, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, internet privacy is key. I don't trust institutions anymore. I've been, sadly, I've been talking about it all week. Do you really want people spying on what you do online? I'm serious. You want people knowing everything you do online, your potential financial activity, what financial sites you visit, any of that stuff, what political activity you're engaged in online. I certainly don't. That's why we have a VPN. It's important, especially with big tech spying on you and selling all your data. Using the internet without express VPNs, like taking a call on a train or a bus and then putting it on speaker for everyone to hear. Don't be that guy. Internet service providers know every single website you visit. They can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants. They then use your data to target you. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so people can't spy on your online activity. ExpressVPN was rated number one by CNET, Wired, and The Verge. It's easy to use. Just fire up the app, click one button. It works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. We love it. We use it here. We don't go online without it. Simple as that, because it works. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, daddy And if you wouldn't mind, Joe, I don't want to forget your uh, traditional Friday oh. opening, so please. It's Friday! <laughs> Joe's <laughs> worst 1960s game show voice, of course. So, Thank you, sir. Suckers! Suckers! You got played again. I wrote this down to make sure. I got Because it's important you understand you're being suckered. If you're one of these college kids that listens to my show, we love you. You're welcome here, especially the smart ones. We really enjoy you listening to the show. This is how I discovered conservatism when I was younger listening to Limbaugh and others, right? Coming out of college, working, I picked up Hannity and Levin and started reading Soul and Friedman and Schumpeter and others, Friedrich Hayek, and I fell in love with the idea of economic freedom. Why you fell in love with socialism is remarkable, considering the idea has a 100% success rate, it does, of failure. It has failed 100% of one, zero, zero. It has failed 100% of the time. Its success rate and failure, ladies and gentlemen, is unblemished and unparalleled. I, I cannot, 
for the life of me understand why really smart young adults and old adults too, not just young adults, have fallen in love with an idea so thoroughly discredited. It's like a guy in the majors who was this hot AAA prospect I've had these baseball analogies over the past few days have been in my mind since I watched Moneyball for the thousandth time. It's like you get up to the majors, he's 0 for 71, and you continue to trot him out there. Like, no, he will definitely hit that dinger the next time. It's not working. It has never worked. And the people who claim it works don't practice it themselves and are grifting off of you. It is so obvious. Case in point is Patrice Cullors, who runs this BLM group. Black Lives Matter. I should, we should start call it, calling it Black Lives Don't Matter because Black Lives Don't Matter to BLM. It's Black Life Matters, singular. Black Life, it's the black Patrice Cullors who runs Black Lives Matter. Her Black Life Matters. Your Black Life does not matter. It does not, it's not plural, Black Lives Matter. It's Black Life Matters, hers, not yours. It's the biggest scam ever. How do you keep falling for this? Another exposed grifter. Now, in case you doubt that Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders of Black Life Matters, her Black Life Matters, that's what we should call it. Patrice Cullors, Black Life Matters, matters to her a whole lot. We've played repeatedly her telling the, uh, that interviewer in that clip, so I'm not going to play that one again, that she's a trained Marxist. We've played that a thousand times. I want to play a new one. What is this, National Pulse, Key? Hat tip National Pulse. Here's another video of one of the co-founders of Her Black Life Matters, Patrice Cullors, admitting again that she likes these Marxist books and everyone should give them out and practice Marxism, despite the fact that she doesn't practice Marxism at all. Check this out. I was speaking to this uh, young person from Arizona who's trying to fight uh, SB 1070. And I was, he, he, he grabbed a book and he said, it's like Mao's Red Book. And I was like... Man, that's what I was thinking. And it was just really cool to hear him make that connection. I was like, how about you buy like 10 to 15 of these books and you all have like a youth like organizing group where you talk about it and you really try to engage this. And we can just kind of, we need to build off of this. And so that leads me to um, a point that I, I actually wanted to kind of focus on today, which is um, I think I have a, a really important role and speaking to youth, I, I have, maybe it's because I came in the movement at 17 and a half, so I have like just a knack for knowing how to organize young people into this organization and kind of teach them this, this politic and then hear them now organize other people. Again, I discussed yesterday, and I'll talk about it again, the concept of a sunk cost. There are a thousand paths to success in business and baseball and marketing and architecture and engineering. Some went to this school, some went to that school, some invested in this, some invested in that. Some got wealthy in commodities, some got wealthy in tech. There are a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand paths to success. There is one absolute path to failure every time, not recognizing a failure when you see it, a concept in business called the sunk cost. When you invest money in a project that loses and because you're so emotionally invested in it, your emotions take over. And despite the project failing and failing and failing, the stock going down and down and down, you continue to invest like, like an addicted gambler. No, the next round, I'll turn it around. Sir, you're 100000 in debt. You've just second mortgaged your home to play Baccarat or whatever. It's over. It's not over. I'm going to turn it around in the next round. It's not going to happen. It's like fetch. It's not, you're not, you can't make fetch happen. 
Fetch is not going to happen. Either is socialism. Socialism is the fetch of our time. It's not going to happen. The guaranteed path to failure to never recognize a sunk cost. And I ask you, liberals, how many times are you going to get suckered by the same Marxist scam? That's Patrice Cullors, co-founder of Her Black Life Matters, talking about celebrating communist murderers. Mao, Stalin, Marx, celebrating communist murderous tyrants. Say, oh, the book, we should give that book out to others. Should get a group together and celebrate this book and talk about this book. What is Marxism? It's government control of the means of production and socialism. It's all the same ideological disaster. Don't let people say, oh, socialism is at an advanced stage. It's, it's, that's, that's for idiots, okay? For sane people, Marxism, socialism, communism has the same parent, and that is government control, tyrannical control of the means of production. What does that mean for the liberals listening who doesn't know what the means of production are? That means government control of the economic means and the political infrastructure. Folks, there is no difference between political, uh, from political power and economic power when it comes to ideological, the ideological underpinnings of these systems, right? If you, it doesn't matter who you vote for. If they can steal all of your money, your factories, your business, whatever. It doesn't matter. What do you care if you vote for candidate A, Mao, or candidate B, Stalin, if both of them are going to steal your stuff and murder your family if they don't give it up? What does it matter? Friedrich Hayek made this abundantly clear. Politics, the economy, these are intertwined. You can't separate the two. When are liberals going to learn? The people they're being led by who pretend to practice this nonsense are lying to you. You doubt me? The evidence is in front of you. I just showed you the video of the woman in this New York Post report by Yaron Steinbuch, June 11th, 2021. Patrice Cullors, that was her in the video, proclaiming her love for Maoist Marxist principles. Here's a headline from the New York Post. You got suckered again. BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors reportedly builds a fence and a gate around her $1.4 million home. Number one, I thought fences and gates and walls don't work. Oh, I guess just cheap walls don't work. When you build a $35,000 wall around there, that'll work just right. Why would you waste $35,000 if you're a Maoist Marxist on a wall if the wall didn't work? Because, of course, the wall works. You don't actually believe anything. So the question for you, ladies and gentlemen, is if a devout Marxist who claims that the government should control the means of production, factories, businesses, and all the wealth created, and the government should redistribute the wealth, then why is she hoarding the wealth herself through capitalist principles? Why? If she doesn't believe this stuff, then why do you? Is it, is it not a fair question? Conservatives listening are like, we get it. I know we get it, but we have kids. Our kids are being taught this stuff. Folks, these are the tools we need to dismantle this nonsense that's being tattooed on our kids' brains and in institutions of higher learning. I'm not just talking about this to waste your time or make fun of Patrice Cullors. I'm trying to give everyone out there because you don't, listen, this is what I do for a living. I'm here to do the research. You all have jobs. You go out there. You fly planes. You build houses. You do important stuff. I get paid to talk. I love my job. It's a great job. It's not as hard as what you have to do. You don't have the time to do a lot of this stuff. Many of you are really busy. I'm here for that. I can help you. 
These are the tools we need to show our kids when they come home from their freshman year of college and tell you how wonderful socialism is. They learned it from an, uh, uh, an intern who's teaching the class they paid $100 million for to get into, an 18-year-old intern in his first year graduate school telling him how capitalism sucks while, while uh, they're listening to his lecture uh, that he recorded on his iPhone using a pair of fancy iBuds or whatever. Even know what this crap is called anymore. I something. I capitalism. They're all frauds. Just ask your kids. If these people really believe this stuff, then why don't they do it? Again, quoting Moneyball, if they're good hitters, then why don't they hit good? If they believe in Marxism and socialism, why don't they practice it? It's not just, it's not the only story, folks. This is why I let off with this today. You're getting played again. Here's another New York Post story from April 27th of 2021. Yaron Stein book, again. BLM leaders jail reform group reportedly spent $26,000 at a luxury resort. A luxury resort, why not at a government institution? Why not go do it in a jail cell or something like that? Or, some, or, or ask if you could do it on a military base. For, I mean, why not? Why'd you need a luxury resort? The whole principle of Marxism is from each according to their abilities to each according to their needs. Did you need a luxury resort? I mean, it's interesting how liberal socialists always tell us what we need. You know, Bernie Sanders, you don't need a million dollars. Bernie, you're a millionaire. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you idiots. That's Bernie Sanders. These people are epic frauds. If they believed any of this stuff, they would practice it. And the bottom line is they don't believe any of it. And you are being played for a sucker. The joke is on you. Puts a fence around her mansion. Spends time at luxury resorts. Here's Patrice Cullors, trained so-called Marxist, again in another video with Mark Lamont Hill. It's a little over a minute, where Mark Lamont Hill, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he asks an honest question here. Hey, Patrice, you know, you own a million dollars. I think it's a $3 million real estate portfolio. My gosh, for a Marxist. Let me tell you, Marxism is always good for the Marxist leaders, aren't they? But for the great unwashed, the smellies, and the deplorables, Marxism really sucks. Starvation, that whole thing, not very good. Here's Colors explaining why, where she explains that her $3 million real estate portfolio shouldn't be turned over to the government, basically, and is good for her family because she can support her family, which is odd because that sounds exactly like what conservatives say, that you should be able to own money and own property and assets and take care of your family because you know what's best for your family first. But that's weird how she advocates a capitalist principle while proclaiming she's some kind of a Marxist. Totally bizarre. Either she doesn't know or she got trapped in a corner and doesn't realize how dopey her answer really sounds. Check this out. So a critique, though, from the left that would say, um, if you are a trained Marxist, if we're talking about a certain kind of radical politic, that extravagant homes of any sort or multiple properties of any sort is itself contradictory to the ideology that you hold. And so it's not about having money per se, but that it's about uh, or about property per se, but it's about there being a potential contradiction between your express politics and your lived practice. Sure. And I think that is a critique that is um, wanting. And I say that because um, the, the, the way that I live my life is in direct support to Black people, including my Black family members, uh, first and foremost. And uh, for so many Black folks who are able to invest um, in themselves and their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. 
Um, I have a child. I have a brother that has severe mental illness that I take care of. Um, I support my mother um, and I support many other family members of mine. And so I see um, uh, my money as not my own. I see it as um, my family's money. Oh, good. Excellent. You're a capitalist. That's what we see it as, too. If you've managed to grift people out of millions of dollars because of your tremendous what speaking skills, your charisma, and people are willing to pay you for those skills, that's called capitalism. Is she missing this? Folks, what part of this am I, am I missing? Am I, am I missing something? This is a person who says she believes the government should control the economic means of productions, uh, production and the assets generated from those means of production. Government should control factories, services, turn over your assets to the government. They redistribute those assets according to people's needs, right? That's what she said she believes in. And yet when questioned why she's a millionaire or has a million-dollar portfolio, precision matters here, and has a fence around her property and spends time at luxury resorts, she says, well, it's because I need to take care of my family, this private circle of people I have. Yes, that's not that. That's, I mean, you used to do Aikido. I liked it, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu more. But you know what, I, the great part about Aikido is you're supposed to use people's, um, people's force they use against you back against them. It's actually pretty cool, you know, it's a great, great exercise too. I enjoyed it. But this is like an Aikido flipperuski here. Like, I don't know if you think they get it. Like how their own energy is being turned against them. They're advocates for a system they don't practice themselves. She just said she's a capitalist. Joe brought up a great point. Joe texted me during that while that was playing because I listened to it too during the show. Joe's like, hey, Dan, didn't you notice too? She told people to go buy 10 or 15 copies of that Mal book. Notice she doesn't talk about buying them themselves, buying them themselves, right? Just talk about, I'll get them for you. I'll redistribute them according to your needs. No, go out and practice the capitalist system and go support a publisher who published this book and made money off Mal. That's a great point. Go buy it, folks. Capitalism is just wonderful. Buy it on your iPhone, as a matter of fact, as if that was a creation of a communist enterprise. Good point, Joe. Well done. Thank you. Here's, <laughs> maybe we should do Thomas Soul Fridays. I don't know. But here's deep thoughts with Thomas Sowell. Here is a great clip. Thomas Sowell on socialism here. It's, it's, this one's about a minute and a half, maybe a little bit over. But here's Thomas Sowell who asks a great question. And again, this is for parents at home trying to teach their kids and kids at home who are starting to believe this socialism garbage, this festering sewage pile of socialism. I want you to listen to this. If you believe in science, as you claim to, you're a, left, you're a leftist, right? Believe in the science. Well, science is testable, correct? We're just asking questions. Anyone object to that? Joe, Gee, Justin, we've got a new intern here. Justin, I'm good. spectacular. Anyone, Joe, Justin, anybody doubt that? Science, okay, they all agree. Everybody here agrees. We're four, four out of four. Science pr produces testable hypotheses, right? If you believe boiling water can turn it into a, some kind of a gaseous stage of steam for water, you can boil water and try that out, right? Not hard. You can test it over and over. Here's the thing. Works every time. Unless you add salt, change the boiling point, or you're out in some kind of space vacuum or whatever, you can pretty much test that under the same conditions and get the same result. So you would think you'd be able to test socialism. 
So if your premise with socialism and Marxism is government should control the economy because when capitalism's left to reign free, that billionaires and millionaires are going to steal from the underclass and keep them poor, there's a way to test that hypothesis. Listen to Thomas Sowell, totally eviscerated because he has tested it, looked at it, and the results are quite stunning. Check this out. To the one in five young Americans who holds a favorable view of communism, how can this be? What's going on? I think the, the education system has a lot to do with that. Back when I was quite young, 20 years old, uh, I read a book called China Shakes the World about how the communists took over in China. And in the last chapter, he tries to explain it. He says it's, uh, the education system had a lot to do with it. Now, at the time, it struck, struck me as a very odd uh, explanation. Now that I've had a half a century or so in the American education system, it doesn't strike me as odd at all. The most spectacularly successful political doctrine in the 20th century was Marxism, based on the implicit presumption that differences in wealth were due to capitalists growing rich by keeping the workers poor through yeah. exploitation. Now, what was wrong with that assumption? Well, it's, 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 it sounded good like so many others, but uh, I, the, it simply was never put to any test. Now, the test I suggest there is a simple one, but it is a test. And, and if it's true that, that uh, the, the rich are rich because they're keeping the poor poor, then in a country with lots of billionaires, you should correspondingly have great amounts of poor people. But if you, could, but if you compare the actual data, uh, there are more billionaires in the United States that in Africa and the Middle East put together. And yet the standard of living and, and, uh, of the poor in the United States is higher than that of people in, in, the, in, the, in Africa and the Middle East. So by, the, by that simple standard, it just doesn't hold up. There are problems with the theory. I mean, folks, do we believe in science? That's a testable hypothesis. If billionaires and millionaires are stealing from poor people around, by the way, how are they stealing from poor people? If poor people don't have anything, what are the billionaires and millionaires stealing? I'm just asking a question. What are they stealing? And it's testable. You should have a whole lot of billionaires and a poor underclass that has the worst standard of living anywhere in the world. The problem is the poor in the United States have a better standard of living than the middle class in a lot of European countries. Those are just economic data points. It's called science. Try it sometime. Let me get to my second sponsor. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I may have went a little long, but I really enjoy that segment because this is how the Great Awakening happened for me in college, too. Got to be exposed over and over to the truth. Eventually, you'll break through the gaslighting. You'll get to your kids, too. I promise. A lot of them will wake up. Just keep hitting them with the truth. Hey, summer's only a couple weeks away. Time to celebrate longer days and fun in the sun. You certainly deserve it. Right now, Chamonix celebrating with a sale you deserve. During GenuCell's summer blowout, get the brand new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free with your order. Here's Bobby from Fresno, California. Hey, three days before my doctor's appointment, I started using Zotique, and she said, what have you changed? Your skin looks great. I told her it's Zotique. It's truly a miracle worker. And for a limited time, every GenuCell order includes the GenuCell jawline treatment and legendary GenuCell XV anti-wrinkle moisturizer, also free. That's three free gifts when you order GenuCell today. Give your skin to the best skincare money can buy and look 10, 15, even 20 years younger. Chamonix promises you'll see results within 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com and enter my special code DAN40. That's DAN40. 
for an additional $40 off your order plus those free gifts today. Don't wait. Go to GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. That's GenuCell.com. Thanks, GenuCell. All right, so I uh, teased it in the beginning of the show. This is a really important piece I read yesterday. I read through the whole thing. Matter of fact, I'm uh, not exaggerating here for a fact. I read it twice because there were so many pieces of this that were so well stated in, in, in one spot. I wanted to make sure I digested it all and ruminated on it a bit. The piece is in uh, Unheard. It'll be it's, uh, U-N-H-E-R-D. You know, like Escape from the Herd. It's in my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter, and it's worth your time. Um, the piece of it, the core, the premise they're trying to get across here is that the science journals, the Lancet, Nature, and others, played a significant part in promoting Chinese propaganda and fighting the truth on the origins of the coronavirus from the start. Now, I know we've discussed that, but this piece goes into detail as to why it happened. Now, I found a few interesting nuggets in here. I want to talk about this first one first, how human-to-human transmission, when they figured it out, how these nature journals paid a, played a part in getting it out there, but getting it out there slowly, but also hiding certain components of where this coronavirus may have come from. Read this part. This is amazing, from Unheard. Uh, what was the title of that piece? I didn't mention the title. I'm sorry. For those of you listening on audio only. Guys. Oh, Beijing's Useful Idiots. I'm sorry. That was my mistake. Getting to the first part. Listen to this. So they're talking about the magazine science journal Nature. They said Nature published a landmark paper from Professor Xi and two colleagues. They sent to them on the same day last January that China belatedly admitted to human transmission. It detailed the existence of a virus called RATG13 that was taken from a horseshoe bat and stored at the Wuhan Institute. It was said to be the closest known relative to SARS-CoV-2 with more than 96% genetic similarity. This was highly significant since it underlined that such diseases occur in nature. Yet, although closely related, would have taken decades to evolve in the wild and seemed too distant to be manipulated in a laboratory. So a couple things here. China's trying to hide human-to-human transmission of COVID, number one, and they're trying to hide the genesis of this in a laboratory. So they find this virus that looks is very similar to COVID, not, not COVID-19 now, but very similar, 96% similarity. We find out a couple things. That one, this probably did go human to human, and that even though it was similar, it took decades to evolve. In other words, unlike COVID-19, which appeared like that, that when these things do infect humans, they take time, probably decades in nature to evolve, which is not what happened with covid It goes on. It said some experts were immediately suspicious over the lack of information on this new strain. The reason soon became clear. The name of the strain, its name had been changed from another virus identified in a previous paper. But unusually for such a publication, this was not cited in nature. It masked a link to three miners who had died from a strange respiratory disease while clearing out bat droppings in a cave in South China which was hundreds of miles from the Wuhan, but used by she and her colleagues to collect samples from bats. The Wuhan researchers even admitted they had eight more undisclosed SARS-like viruses from the mine. But despite the barrage of complaints, it took Nature 10 months to publish her addendum, which raised more questions than answered to this day. Two takeaways. Did this Nature Journal play a role in hiding human-to-human transmission and then massaging it when the China finally admitted it? And secondly, did they again try to hide the lab leak theory 
by pretending this virus was related, yet this virus took decades to evolve in nature. COVID-19 didn't. What were they hiding? Well, you may be looking for answers like I am and say, well, why would Nature, a supposedly scientific journal interested in science, hence the title, you know, Nature, Science, you'd think they'd be all over that. Why would they hide this? Ladies and gentlemen, always follow the money. Title of my last book. It was about a different title. There is a, ch- a chapter on uh, uh, the WHO and the uh, Wuhan coronavirus, but most of the book's about Soros and that kind of money elsewhere. But you can always follow the money. They ask right there, why would they do this? Why would this magazine hide this? It says, but why would they do this? This is where things become even murkier. Allegations swirl that it was not down to editorial misjudgment, but something more sinister. A desire to appease China for commercial reasons. Follow the money. The Financial Times revealed four years ago that debt-laden Springer Nature, the German group that publishes Nature, this magazine here, was blocking access in China to hundreds of academic articles mentioning subjects deemed sensitive by Beijing, such as Hong Kong, Taiwan, Tibet, or Tibet. China is also spending lavishly around the world to win supremacy in science, which includes becoming the biggest national sponsor of open access journals published by both Springer Nature and Elsevier, owner of The Lancet. Ladies and gentlemen, it's always about the money. It is always about the money. You can never trust communists. You can never trust the Chinese Communist Party. That is a stunning piece about why these science journals are kissing the collective asses of the Chinese Communist Party. It is all about the money. I want answers. I want answers from the editor-in-chief of The Lancet, of Nature. I want to know why they did what they did. These answers should be on the record today. Did they play a role in one of the largest cover-ups in the history of humankind? I want to know. Millions of people died. I'm going to get to this. I'm going to, on my Fox show this weekend, 10 p.m., really appreciate if you tune in, Unfiltered with Dan Bongino. I got Mark Robinson on, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina as well. Uh, But I really appreciate you tuning in. There's going to be, we're going to take it to Fauci and them on the opening segment. And we're going to lay it out in a way, like a court case. I don't there's not going to be any refuting anymore what happened. Don't miss the show. We put a lot of work into it this week. All right, let me get to my um, third sponsor. I'm sorry I ran a little behind because I uh, was so enjoying eviscerating dopey socialist suckers who keep falling for this stupid nonsense. I can't get it out of my head. 100% success rate of failure. It has failed every single time. Every time. It's right in front of your face. My gosh. I got a video coming up after this, too, of another Rising star in the new GOP. You're not going to want to miss this. Hey, Legacy Box, it's super simple mail-in service. They have all your videotapes, camcorder tapes, film reels and pictures, digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. Father's Day is just weeks away. What are your favorite memories with Dad? Learn how to ride a bike, some camping trip you took. Give Dad the gift of memories. I know my kids' favorite memories are our wedding, even though they weren't there. You know how I know? Because we had our wedding pictures in a box decaying and rotting away. It's a long story why they were in a box, a photographer. We had a, so we had, to, we, we, Legacy Box calls it. We could take care of that. Sent them all to Legacy Box, put them in an awesome DVD my kids love to watch. Always like, Dad, you look so different. Mom, you look so great. They love it. Un, unlock those family memories. Legacy Box, a way for, to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past. The process from start to finish is really easy. Just pack it up and send it. 
The team digitizes everything by hand. You enjoy it. You get back perfectly preserved digital copies on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud, ready to watch and enjoy with your family. Plus, they keep you up to date with email updates throughout the digitizing process. Legacy Box, the world's largest digitizer of home videos and photos. It's helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their past. Rediscover your glory days by digitizing those irreplaceable heirlooms with Legacy Box. Win the favorite kid award this Father's Day. Give dad a present I'll never forget. Preserve your family legacy today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Bongino to get an incredible 50% off your first order. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send it in when you're ready. Legacy Box is great for you or someone you love. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Bongino and save 50% while supplies last. We're going to highlight this new GOP, ladies and gentlemen. We have a bench that is deep. We have a bench loaded with talent. We have a AAA farm system in the GOP right now that's impressive. These aren't standard rhino, weak-kneed jellyfish Republicans we've had in the past. These are real freedom fighters out there on the front lines, people with histories who've been out there, people who have a past in the real world. Some of them have had some issues in the past. Some of them haven't, but they're scrappers. I like scrappers. I like people who've gotten ahead and haven't had a silver spoon jammed into their throats. I like those kind of people. Here's a guy I believed in for a long time. I met him a long time ago. Disclosure, I'm friendly with him. I like him a lot. Um, I ran in the congressional district he is now sitting in. Very, very talented young GOP star. He was on CNN with the absolutely hapless Brianna Keeler, um, one of the least informed people on television each time. Uh, Brianna Keeler thinks she's super smart here. She's like, Brian, Byron Donalds, by the way, happens to be black again, which doesn't matter to us, but matters to leftists. It's the only thing that matters, as a matter of fact, his skin color. And she's asking this whole prolonged question. I cut most of it out because it's a dumb question. Say, how can you be black and support Donald Trump? Eh, eh, whining like, like a five-year-old. Watch Byron Donalds just absolutely wreck her in this response. This is spectacular. Check this out. Do you think that your defense of a person that said things like that might be incongruent with the mission of the CBC? Uh, first of all, whatever the president said in the past, it's nothing to do with this discussion at all. I think well, you've, defend, you've defended a, it. You've defended. Uh, please him. don't cut me off. I didn't. I have not cut you off in this interview. Please do not do that to me. Thank you. As a black man in America, I'm allowed to have my own thoughts on who I choose to support and who I choose not to support. I think that it's important whether you're talking about the Congressional Black Caucus or the Florida State Legislative Black Caucus or the National Caucus of State Black Legislators, organizations I have been a part of in the past. My support of President Trump has been consistent, but at the same time, I've had the ability to advocate for uh, issues, ideas, proposals, and funding that have helped the black community in my state. You're talking to somebody who my first three years in college was at Florida A&M and HBCU. So whether my support, my support for President Trump, uh, whether it's for or against, is irrelevant. That has nothing to do with this discussion. This is whether the uh, ideology of somebody who is conservative is welcome in the Congressional Black Caucus. It's really that simple. And so to bring up President Trump and try to make this about him does not matter. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the situation at hand. That's how it's done, folks. Guys, round of applause, please, everyone. Everyone, Joe. Come on, a little more. Yeah, go on. Let's get a little excitement there. There we go, everyone. Thank you, Joe, Gee, Justin, the whole... That's how it's done. That's how it's done. What? Are you going to run for office? Forget it. I don't even care if you're going to run for office. Are you going to get involved in politics at all? If you're going to run or get involved in politics, at some point, you're going to debate people. Liberals are going to show up. 
probably violently most of the time. Get up in your face if you're at the state. You know how many state fairs I went to when I ran for office? State, um, state. Well, excuse me, county fairs. State. I've only lived in uh, three states. Uh, how many county fairs within states I went to? All of them. Frederick County, Montgomery County, Allegheny County. I spent more time eating turkey legs at state fairs than I think I've done anything else. I've eaten a thousand turkey legs from state fairs. I've eaten every. I've eaten those fried ice cream coated triple fudge Oreo thingies. It's a heart attack on a stick. That's at least the double mutley how many turkey legs they ate. At a minimum, I have eaten every kind of fair food known to man. Curly fries, non-curly fries, hot dogs, burgers, briskets, everything. You will debate them. You'll go to the county. I bet you think I forgot where I was. No. You'll go to the county fair. You'll sit in the Republican booth. You'll hand out literature if you're, you know, that's what Republican activists do. And some liberal who's angry, probably named Karen, will come up to you. I love Karens. I'm just kidding. My name is Dan. Listen, in the top 10 names they put of people. Did you ever see that joke? The top 10 names of jerks. It's always like Chad. Dan's always other. So I get it. I get it. I'm with you. But your it's probably Karen. Karen comes up and they're like, that's not true. School choice sucks. Where do your kids go? Well, they go to private school, but your kids should go there. You're, you'll debate them. You got to learn the tricks. And one of the tricks Byron Donalds just masterfully pulls off right there. One of the tricks and stunts you can pull there is when they ask you a question that's not a question, like the hapless Brianna Keeler did. She's basically saying Trump sucks. Don't you agree? That's not a question. That's a statement. If Brianna Keeler's saying Trump sucks, how is that a question? A question mark has a, a question has a question mark at the end. If you're writing in Spanish at the beginning, too, upside down. Right? Just checking. Gee speaks Spanish, right? That's how it works. Where's the question mark? Trump sucks, Byron. Don't you agree? That's a statement, an assertion. It's not a question. You don't answer it because it's not a question. Byron Donald's like, no, I'm not answering that. That has nothing to do with me not being allowed to join the Congressional Black Caucus. You're a dope. I'm going to stop you right here. And by the way, don't interrupt me again in your program. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Love this guy. All of you out there, too, saying, hey, I don't want to lose Ron DeSantis in Florida. I know. I live in Florida. We love Ron DeSantis. He's the best governor in the country. I got the creepy crawl. He's like, son, crawl. You guys see anything crawling on me? What's that? I got a little creepy crawl. What is this? Some kind of side effect from the disease. I just got a creepy crawl. Uh, Ron DeSantis is great. He would be far better in the White House for us. And then we got guys like Byron Donalds to back him up. I'm not going to get off the Byron Donalds track. I think Byron Donalds should run for governor when Ron DeSantis is done. I'm starting that right now. It's starting today on this show. It's starting today on this show. Hey, Jim, you're listening, right? Jim, I know Jim. He li- Jim listens. He listens live. Can you book Byron Donalds for next week, please? I want to start the Byron, Gon- Byron Donalds for governor of Florida thing. I don't even if you tell him that's what we need. I'm sorry. He's going to have to come on and talk about it. He's going to have to address the topic. I'm forcing it. That's how it's done. Speaking of Florida, here is our weekly segment of Ron DeSantis Strikes Again. I was hoping that would I love Ron DeSantis. It's my favorite open every Of course, on the radio show, we have the Ron DeSantis lifesaver. We call Ron by various names here. A lot of Star Wars fans here. Obi-Ron Kenobi, Ron 2D2, Ron the Skywalker. We love Ron DeSantis. He says, strikes again. National Review, Brittany Bernstein. Florida Board of Education approves a rule banning 1619 Project from classrooms and scrapping critical race theory garbage, which is really critical racism theory. By far the best governor in the country. We absolutely love him. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Hold on. My wife's asking if I want some food. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday during the radio show, she walked in. I asked her, you want to come on the radio show? She was like, you should have seen her. It was hilarious to watch. She's like, I'm like, come on. Uh. You know, the Fox, if you watch, if you subscribe to Fox Nation, you can watch the radio show live on video. All kinds of crazy stuff happens. You can see my faces during the break. My daughter pops in. Sometimes the dog pops in. Stuff falls down. It's great. It's it's really like a behind-the-scenes access you're never going to see. I haven't promoted that yet. Check it out. Fox Nation, subscribe. You can tune in every day, 12 uh, noon. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, 12 noon Eastern time to 3. You can watch the show. They keep the camera live during the breaks. I'm not responsible for anything that happens during those breaks at all. Warning right there. All right, this is an important segment. You see how I get in these little things, right? Oh, I get siloed into a thought and it's hard to crack out. Bidenomics, the disaster is unfolding, folks, right in front of our eyes. I want to zip through a couple of stories. Before we get to this Washington Post story uh, by Andy Puzder. Yeah, Andy Puzder's great. He wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post, which is terrific. Even though it's in the Washington Post, it's worth your time. I just want to mention that it appears LexisNexis, which is an online security firm, has uncovered some evidence that upwards of $400 billion of the government stimulus money was stolen by organized criminals in Russia and China. Ladies and gentlemen, again, harping back to the beginning of the show, how many times do I have to tell you, when you practice big government policies that emulate socialist policies, because they're not always the same thing, when you practice big government policies, you will get big government failures. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. How does it make you feel that the 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 tax bill you just paid went to finance an oligarch crime syndicate in Russia and China? Nice job, government. Everything, their success rate of failure is unparalleled, just like socialism. Of course, they blame that on Donald Trump, which is stunning. But Andy Puzder, who's terrific, we had him on our radio show the other day. Andy Puzder has an op-ed piece in the Washington Post that's worth your time. Again, talking about how Bidenomics, paying people not to work, paying people unemployment benefits, upwards of, I believe in the piece, it says 42% of people in the services industry make more money by not working on unemployment than going to work. What would happen there? You're going to pay people not to work? Yes. And what happens? Shocker to liberals, some people won't work. I know they're stunned by this. Andy's piece is called Job Openings Hit a Record High, Yet the Unemployment Bonuses Keep On Coming. Here is... There's a lot of great nuggets in this piece. It'll be in the show notes, and I encourage you to read it. But this one should really toast your muffins here, folks. We have an economy right now that is taking off. We had a massive, massive valley to climb out of after the coronavirus, you know, misguided lockdowns. A massive GDP collapse. We should be motoring at 15, 20% over three, four quarters GDP growth. And we should have unemployment right now at frictional levels only. 2.8, 3.1%. But somehow we don't. Somehow in a motoring economy where people can't spend money fast enough, somehow people can't seem to get their way to work. How is that happening? And I'll talk to Mark Robinson about this on the Fox show this weekend too. Who's along with my landing? Get your ass to work if you can work. Stop the Bull stuff. The GOP, oh, we gotta be compassionate. Compassion is great. It's wonderful. Take care of grandma. Take care of mama. Take care of pop. Take care of your kids. That's all great. Give money to charity. It's terrific. Government doesn't do compassion. 
Government does anti-compassion, okay? Paying people not to work is not compassionate. Teaching capable, able-bodied, two left. I got a leg. It works. I got another one, too. Paying people who are capable not to work and sit on their rumps all day is not compassion. It's economic suicide. And like Mark Robinson said in his speech, which we covered earlier in the week, telling people otherwise is grotesque malfeasance. The GOP message should be clear. If you can work and you refuse to work, you're the problem too. That's harsh, tough. We need a buzzer here, bad. Because I'm really, I... Expletives sometimes can be very, I know, foul language, I get it. But sometimes you feel better afterwards. Here, from Andy Puzder's piece. Despite record high job openings, folks, jobs everywhere, the retail sector lost 30,200 jobs in April and an additional 5,800 in May. It's no coincidence that the Democrats' supplemental employment benefits took effect in March. Liberal economists claiming otherwise must have missed all those help wanted signs going up this spring. We have a motoring economy, boatloads of cash floating around in the economy to the point where inflation's through the roof. Savings at what? 14.9%, the highest it's been ever. People are swimming in cash right now. You have pent up demand. You have an economy firing on all cylinders except Joe Biden. And magically, the retail industry lost jobs. How the hell is that? Really, only liberals can manage to do this. Do you understand how stupid you have to be in an economy expanding red hot? Not even red, white hot. You don't even have to touch it. You just have to look at it and your eyes burn out. It's that hot. And still, liberals pay people not to work, which is causing the economy in hot industries to actually lose jobs. It's stunning. How incompetent these imbeciles really are. I told you I'd get to this yesterday. Not only are we paying people not to work, which is causing a supply problem. Why is it causing a supply problem? Because if you work in the widget industry and you leave because the government's paying you not to work and you don't produce widgets, there'll be no widgets. Liberals are like, oh, what? Eh." I thought they came from the widget fairy. No, you're just an idiot. They come from people who make widgets. I know you just figured that out. So when you pay people not to work and they don't go to work in the retail industry, you get less retail. Shocker. So what's the problem with getting less retail? Well, when you print a trillion dollars in cash through the Federal Reserve and throw it around the cover, you know, flush it into the system so people have a whole boatload of cash to spend, some of them that didn't work for it, They're going to want to spend that cash somewhere, typically on widgets. But what's the problem? There's no darn widgets because there's no workers to produce widgets. So what happens? The few widgets we have left go up in price because everybody bidges up the price of the widget. You doubt me? Have you tried to buy a car? I had to get a new car. Yeah, first world problems. No, I'm a capitalist. I love capitalism. How to get a new car. Pretty expensive. Yeah, pretty steep. New car dealers now are like, yeah, you know what? We'll charge you. Well, I, all right, my guy was pretty cool. I, I kind of bought the car a little bit of a while. I'm still waiting for it to be delivered because there's a supply problem and I don't have it yet. Go into a car dealer now. Look at a sticker. I, I'll bet they charge you 10% over sticker. Why? Because they can. Probably the only car they have on the lot. 
Because when you make car widgets and you pay people not to make car widgets, you have lesser cars and less widgets, more money chasing fewer widgets, which means the widgets can demand more money. Simple math, libs. That's why you see headlines like this. Washington Examiner, Zach Halishak. Inflation rose to 5% in May, increasing fears of overheating. Again, this is only complicated for liberals. Who are the winners with inflation? Debtors, governments, Bitcoin holders, gold. Who are the losers with inflation? Creditors, people owed money because you're paid back in dollars that are worth less. Workers whose salaries don't keep uh, pace with inflation, so in real terms you earn less. Seniors on fixed incomes because your fixed income now is going to start buying cat food for dinner because you don't have any money left. And bondholders who locked in at a, say, 4% interest rate. Interest rates are going to go through the roof shortly. We're not there yet. The bond market's still shockingly stable. But bondholders are going to get fleeced, too. That's only a matter of time. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. And I got one more on the uh, college loan scam. That's a big component of Bidenomics. How this is the biggest scam of all. Again, how liberals, they just don't seem to either know what they're talking about or do and are really gifted, talented liars. Hey, getting your COVID-19 vaccine is something to think about. But before posting a picture of your vaccine card on social media, it contains personal information like your name and birth date that can be used by cyber criminals to steal your identity. Did you know that? It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the Internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could harm what's yours, your finances, your credit, and your reputation. I had mine stolen, my identity. True story. It was a nightmare. They went out and bought real estate programs, and it took me about a year to clean it up. Don't, that's when I, I got LifeLock a long time ago. You should get it now if you don't have it. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can keep what's yours, yours, with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Join now. Don't wait. Get it for your family. Get it for your kids. Get it for your mother-in-law, your mom, your dad. This week only, it's the Better Than Black Friday sale. Save up to 35% of your first year. We all love deals like that at LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Hurry, this sale seven days only. Go to LifeLock.com slash Bongino and save up to 35%. Don't wait. The offer ends June 13th. Thanks, LifeLock. We appreciate you sponsoring the show. So the Bidenomics disaster continues to unfold in front of our very eyes. It's very simply stated. Pay people to not work using money they didn't earn through other taxpayers. When they don't work, print a whole lot of money to give to them. Print that money, which creates an unnecessary inflation because there's more money around. And then while paying people not to work, make sure we don't have any widgets and services for people to buy. That way, the services that are left to buy, the few products they do have left, the price gets bid up so no one can afford it. Genius. Well done. Another component of Bidenomics, which is another, what's that movie? Uh, what's the, oh, Deep Impact. It's an Ellie. Another extinction level event coming. Deep Impact Ellie is this college scam. College, listen. I'm not, how do I say this? Can I, before we get to the story in the Wall Street Journal, which is great by uh, Tomas Phillipson, who's terrific, who's super smart. I told you before, so this is tough love time. If you can work and you have functioning limbs and a brain, go to work. Go to work. We don't want to, you're going to insult some people in the audience who don't want to work and want to live off other people's, I don't care. Go to work. Some kid when I was younger and I worked in this store, I was having some problems, 
And I told him, I think I need to sit it out next week. I was like doing one of these snowflake things. Oh, poor me. Oh, my God. You know what the kid told me? I don't really give a damn about your problems. Get to work on Monday. I needed to hear it. His name was Anthony. True story. One day I'll tell you the real story there. It's actually pretty serious. But the guy could probably saved me at that point. I'm not kidding. Sometimes you need tough love. It is. It's true. The kid told me, like, he's like, that's a great story. It is. He's like, I don't really give a damn about your personal problems. Get your ass to work on Monday. And I was like, what do you mean? You're not going to feel bad for me? He's like, I don't have time to feel bad for you. We're running a business here. Sorry, Jack. My name's Dan. Thanks, Jack. Go to work if you can work. On the college story, I don't want to pay for your college. Pay for your own. I paid for mine. Kids listen, oh my gosh. But you should pay. I'm not paying for your college. Pay for your own damn college. We don't owe you anything. I don't owe you anything. I went to college three times. Three times. I paid for every one. I'm not celebrating my, what's the golden rule of telling people about how educated you are? It probably means you're an idiot. This is an economic argument. Not a, hey, look at me, I'm really smart. I promise you. I went to school three times. I got a bachelor's degree from Queens College, a master's degree from the City University of New York, and an MBA from Penn State. And you know who paid? Moi, this guy. You know who has two thumbs and paid for their own college? This cat. I did. I'm not pay- I love this kid. We got this guy, Justin, here. He's a great kid. Love the kid. I'm not paying for his college. I don't care. I love him. He's a great guy. The best thing to teach Justin here, pay for your own damn college. Pay. I'm not paying. You pay. There are actual poor people in this country. Seniors who've outlived their savings. Kids with disabilities who don't have homes that need help. You're not it. But AOC, I don't care what AOC, she's a bartender. You want a Heineken, ask AOC. You want economic advice? Don't ask AOC. Here's a story in the Wall Street Journal about the sucker Bidenomics college subsidy. They want to basically pay for everyone's college now, but with everyone else's money. What does Milton Friedman say? The joke about government spending? You think you're spending your neighbor's money, but your neighbor's saying the same thing? Ha! Joke's on you. Here's the article. College subsidies are a feedback loop for bigger government. Professors raise their prices to capture cheap loans while producing new Democratic voters. So what's scam number one? And why is Joe Biden so interested in paying for everyone's college? Well, number one, they can impose a bunch of conditions on colleges. You know, these, uh, uh, you know, these, these uh, sexual assault trials they had where they weren't even allowing any of these kids any kind of a rebuttal or any kind of process. They can mandate things like critical race theory. They pay for it. Well, you want the money. You want the government money? Oh, here you go, buddy. How about that critical racism theory? Sounds good. And you're like, for $100 million in subsidies across the country? <laughs> I'll teach whatever the hell you want. I'll teach a Woody Woodpecker class if you ask. Here. From the journal piece, a larger student loan program federally also expands Washington's control over education. The money always comes with strings attached. Universities are forced to do what Uncle Sam wants to qualify for the dough. This leads to perverse outcomes, such as enormous corporate savings, endowments, and rejection of customers willing to pay list price. There are similar strings attached to loan proposals, such as forgiveness. Oh, if you work in certain government jobs, isn't that delicious? So not only do you get to tell colleges things like, you better teach critical racism theory. We're trying to teach a generation of racists to hate each other. Another topic I'll be covering on the Fox show this week. But you know what would be really great? 
we can forgive loans if you join the government instead of the private sector. What a scam. What a scam. Here's part two of the scam. You think we're helping the underprivileged. You're not helping squat. Here from the Phillips and Peace, loan forgiveness proposals would mainly help the rich with families with income in the top 40% receiving two thirds of the benefits. <laughs> you suckers. <laughs> what suckers? Again, the beginning of the show. You're such suckers. It's hilarious. You are so silly. You're silly people. You're the, and I don't mean comedians. You're just silly people to be laughed at who believe in this. College forgiveness is so wonderful. It's going to help the little guy. Really? Because two-thirds of benefits going to rich people that poor people are paying for. That's hilarious. You fell for that scam? What an idiot. All right, let's end the show on this. Even some leftists are starting to wake up to this college loan. Government's going to pay your college loan scam. Even some leftists. Here's Bill Maher. I've been holding, this is actually from last week, uh, his show last weekend. I've been holding this forever. Here's Bill Maher trying to wake liberals up to the fact that, again, they're being suckered like idiots with this college loan scam where poor people are subsidizing rich people's college bills. This is hilarious. Check this out. We imagine going to college is the way to fight income inequality, but actually it does the reverse. If you have a bachelor's degree, you make about 65% more than someone who doesn't. And with a master's degree, it's more like 100% more. And the unemployment rate of college grads is about half what it is for high school grads. I know free college is a left-wing thing, but is it really liberal for someone who doesn't go to college and makes less money to pay for people who do go and make more? That's a, he's a liberal, folks. Bill Maher is a liberal. He's not a conservative. You know... Bill Maher's not our friend ideologically. I don't know him personally. I'm not trying to attack the man. I don't know the guy. He's not our friend ideologically. But it's fairly obvious that this is a guy who at least at times is willing to speak in facts and maybe wake some people up. I started the show telling you if you believe in liberalism, socialism, it's all the same animal with the same parents. You're getting suckered. You've been getting suckered for a long time. Wake up, man. Smell the roses. Smell the flowers. They smell great. Hey, thanks for a great week. I really appreciate it. Please check out my Fox News show this weekend. I'm so, you know, I'm sorry to, I don't mean to be really, uh, you know, pound people over the head with it, but you made us number one last week in all the cable. I'm not going to lie. It just feels good to have such an audience with, with such loyalty to the show. So thank you. Set your DVR Saturday night, 10 p.m., Unfiltered with Dan Bongino. You're probably not going to want to miss my interview with Mark Robinson, too. We're going to talk about getting your rump up and going to work. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.